Merry Christmas. It's so good to be here with all of you. It really is. Something like when parents have all the kids, their kids, under one roof. Moms know what I'm talking about for sure. There's something to it. It's just the right thing. Merry Christmas. I might say also just a word of thanks to everyone who made this day possible. All those who help with this celebration, ministers, uh, our guys out there who are helping with parking, at least earlier they were, and then everyone who helped with decorations. Thank you for doing that. Couldn't do it without you. It was good timing, uh, but they had planned it that way, of course. A few days ago, while I was at the gym, I caught a little bit of the Today Show. Now, I know what you're thinking. How hard could he be working out if he caught the Today Show? Well, he was there, but caught a little bit of it. They called it their holiday handbook. And they set the context by saying, well, all our holiday shopping has been leading to this long-awaited moment of the exchange of presents. There it is. That's the purpose of all that we're doing. They said, but it can be tricky. It can be tricky at times. The holidays can. There can be tricky social situations, but also there can be drama in families at this time. So they brought on a couple of experts to help with this. The first was an etiquette expert. They asked her several questions, some of which are, is it fine to make a holiday wish list and share it with a loved one? Now, this isn't kids and parents or kids and Santa, but this would be adults. Is it fine to make a holiday wish list and share it with a loved one? Oh my, yes, they said. It prevents waste because we don't want people to purchase things we don't want, right? Better to forestall that waste. But your wish list must go to people you know you're going to exchange gifts with. So it's a bad idea to create a wish list and then walk down the hallways at school or in the office and just hand it out unless you know for sure you're going to exchange gifts. If someone gives you a gift, do you have to give one in return? No, 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 no. Don't feel obliged to do that. If you feel like you have to do something at all, you could write a thank you. What about this one? What about a gift receipt? Is it okay to ask for a gift receipt when someone gives you a gift? You know, to their credit, they said no. If you don't like what you got, well, you got to figure it out on your own. Lastly, is it okay to re-gift? Is it okay to re-gift? They said, yes, it's okay. Just make sure that you're not re-gifting it in the same circle of friends. That could be a little bit awkward. Yeah. And make sure if you're going to re-gift it that you don't open the manufacturer's packaging. That's a no-no. Bad etiquette. And then they had a section on drama. Brought on a psychoanalyst. And... She said, if there's been drama, what you should do is reach out in advance. Give that person a call, okay? And just say, hey, look, we've had 20 years of drama. We're not going to solve it on this day. Let's just set it aside. 
And make sure, she said, that you set boundaries. Boundaries, she said, are often misunderstood. Boundaries have to do with our actions, not their actions. Don't get that mixed around, otherwise you'll give them the power. So, for example, don't say, don't show up without telling me. That gives them the power. What you should say is, if you show up, I may not be able to let you in. with popular wisdom like that, so readily available from the convenience and the comfort of your home, why are you here tonight? It's cold outside. You could be home in your PJs, on your couch, and you could just go to YouTube and pull this back up, and that's all you need. Why are you here tonight? St. Paul, in our second reading, helps us to find an answer. He wrote in part, the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared, not because of any righteous deeds we had done, but because of his mercy. He's the principal actor. He's the one who is initiating. It's not us. God has acted. And let's be clear, no one celebrates a birthday for someone who didn't exist. No one does that, nor does someone celebrate what someone said they would do that was completely foreign to every known worldview at the time if he didn't do it. It'd be more absurd than if I said, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to disappear. And now that I have reappeared, let's celebrate. No one does that. No one celebrates that. No one celebrates a birthday for someone who has never existed. God has acted. And he has given us a gift, which is what? What does St. Paul say? He saved us so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. Hmm, justified. Kind of thinking, could we revisit that question about gift receipts, right? It's like a little anticlimactic, justified. I mean, it's like that paralytic that was taken by his four friends to see Jesus. He got to the house, but everybody was there. He couldn't get in to see Jesus. So they hoisted him up on the roof, opened up the roof, and lowered him down. And Jesus said, Your sins are forgiven. Perhaps not the first thing that would come to our mind if we are paralyzed and looking for him to do a miracle. Justified, right, comes obviously from just. Think of justice. What is justice? It sets things right, makes things right. We've been justified. We've been set right with whom? With God. Who is God? God is love itself, goodness itself, truth itself. We have been set right with goodness itself. Now, all of us know what it's like not to be right with the good. If you're not right with the good, then what happens in your family life? You don't offer the good to the family members. You're not attentive to them. You don't give them time. You're busy with other things. And when you are there, if you're not set right with the good, what are you giving them? Not good. Anger. 
callousness, selfishness. Now, who of us doesn't know that when you're not set right with the good, it comes out? Who of us doesn't know someone who is not set right with the truth, doesn't know good from evil, and whose life has turned upside down? You've been justified by grace, Paul said, and become heirs in hope of eternal life. In Greek, there are two words for life, bios and zoe. Bios, like it sounds, is biological life. Zoe means fullness of life. Through being set right with God, who is truth and love and goodness itself, there is the possibility not just for fullness of life when we die, maybe, but he's saying fullness of life now that perdures to eternity. I mean, who of us also doesn't know what it's like to have bios, physical life, and feel terrible because the Zoe, the fullness of life, is lacking in some way? You have been justified, set right with God, who is truth, love, and goodness itself, which allows for the possibility of fullness of life. And how does that happen? What did Paul say? To the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit given to us in Jesus. Bath of rebirth. That sounds like baptism, doesn't it? That's what he's pointing us to, a washing. What is baptism? Baptism is a ritual. What's a ritual? A ritual is composed of words and actions which changes things. The ritual that most of you are most familiar with is the ritual of matrimony, where you uttered words, you engaged in actions, and your life changed. And you became associated with someone else. You became inserted into that someone else's family history, for good, for worse. Baptism, words and actions that didn't originate with me, but Jesus, going to the whole world, preached good news, baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It associates us with him, baptized into him. That's what Paul said. Into the one in whose person God and man have been reconciled. They become at peace, which then obviously must be appropriated in our lives. We have been justified, but that we have to make our own. Justified. Eternal life. How does it happen? Baptism, which implies what? It implies a community. No one baptizes himself or herself. No one makes himself or herself a Christian, but only as a Christian because of what has been received and passed down through communities. All of which is why you are here tonight. Even if mom is forcing you to be here, that's why you're here, because she sees what's true and wants it for you. It's why John Paul II, before he was Pope, in Krakow, while the Soviets prevented them from building any churches, celebrated every year midnight mass out in the field like the one out there. Can you imagine tonight being out there celebrating midnight mass? It's why we also have a similar task, which is simply fitting, given the gift we have received in Jesus Christ. Pope Benedict 
said, you know, perhaps the shepherds were not only outwardly closer to the event of Jesus' birth, but also inwardly closer. He said, perhaps the shepherds were not only outwardly, but also inwardly closer to the event of Jesus' birth. Closer than all those townsfolk who were peacefully sleeping the night away. Perhaps it's true with me and you. Time will tell the gifts and the wisdom we value. Merry Christmas.